Hello, welcome to Be With The Word. I am Dr. Jerry Creed. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski. I'm a clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the crossroads of America, and it is good to be with you. It's great to be with you, Peter. And here uh, we're going to be talking about a really important uh uh, area which is fear and how to overcome or how to work through how to triumph over fear and we're going to give you some very specific ways that you can do that so we're really excited and this is being interwoven with this sunday's readings and if you have not already go and read this sunday's readings which is the 12th sunday in ordinary time and if you'd like what's even better is go over and listen to our other podcast hear the word and listen to us read it to you it's all there is. It's all there is there. But we do it every week for your benefit, and because uh, it might be just easier to listen, and I think you get more out of it. But before we get into this whole topic of fear and overcoming fear, I wanted to make special mention of Dr. Peter's community. He's got a community called Resilient Catholics, and maybe you could say just a, a, a word or two about that. Resilient Catholics, Carpe Diem. That's the that's the uh, that's the community that's formed around uh, my podcast, Coronavirus Crisis, Carpe Diem. And what what we're trying to do in that community is really rise up to the challenges that the coronavirus crisis has brought to us, and really really go beyond resilience to seizing those opportunities. And it's really interesting because we just completed a small group workshop on on. Um, on managing fear, essentially about how to how to basically about stress management, and we did we we practice some breathing exercises. We also do some progressive muscle relaxation, all the kinds of things that take it to the next level to being able to reduce uh, reduce anxiety. And so, so if you're listening and you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested in joining this community, what do you have to do? You got to go to soulsandarts.com, look for the Resilient Catholics Carpe Diem community, log in. If you haven't logged in, if you haven't registered, register and join that community. First 30 days are free. After that, there's a small charge of 25 bucks a month, but we do a lot of like real hands-on experiential work in a lot of different areas in there. So love to have you with Sounds us. Sounds awesome. Sounds so, awesome. All right. Let's so, get into our readings. So this week. This week, so I, I started with Jeremiah, and as many of you probably know, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He had an incredibly difficult ministry, and uh, and and so many challenges, and so many difficulties, so many so many um, so many frightening things, right? So he opens he opens with, "Yes, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him." Right. He is in real danger. Right. And so he is intimately acquainted with the very normal and natural response of fear. And so I decided that especially given our current day and age where there's a lot of societal unrest, we've got you know, the protests going on. And then, you know, also uh, alongside sometimes violence, you know, the, a lot of financial uncertainty, job uncertainty. There's a lot of fear out there. And so I really wanted to focus on. What's going on with fear? How can we triumph over fear? Yeah, I thought this passage in Jeremiah was really interesting too because um, it was really, you know, he does seem really threatened. And then I was looking at, okay, well, what does he say, at least in this passage, is the answer. He says, let me witness the vengeance you take on them, which sounds 
you know, a little bit <laughs> awful. Uh, but he says, for to you, I have entrusted my cause. So That's to right. me, there's a giving it over to God, right? There's a giving it over to God. And, you know, and I think people get that, at least on an intellectual level, that we have to hand this over to God. But I'm really interested as a psychologist in what goes on psychologically, what goes on in the natural realm that makes that difficult for us, right? We can mm-hmm. say it's just all spiritual and it's just, a, it's just a spiritual battle. But remember that grace perfects nature, right? It doesn't destroy nature, St. Thomas Aquinas tells us. So what goes on in the natural realm that can either facilitate us trusting in God or hinder that? hinder our trust in God. And so that's the stuff that that I was particularly focused on. You know, because right. our Lord tells us in the gospel too, he leads with, you know, fear no one. And he's basically telling us fear right. no human being. No human being can really harm you. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but that's really hard for us to uh to just um to just will, okay? Um because we've got natural fear responses wired into us at a neurological level, you know, basic at a basic survival level, at a very primitive level that are outside of our conscious awareness. And so our natural response in the, uh, in the, in under threat is to, is to feel fear. So we're working with a natural response and how do we, how do we get through that? So that's what I was really pondering on. And I came up with a bunch of, I came up with a bunch of, of ways that people uh, make their fear worse and make their fear and make their courage stronger. Things that they can do psychologically that increase courage, that increase, that help foster fortitude. So, all right. Well, I look forward to hearing them. What have your things that... <laughs> I Well, this is the point where you ask me, and what are they, Doctor Peter? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get into those right now. So one of the things, one of the things that happens with fear is we lose a sense of time. We lose a sense of being in the present. We either go to the future or we go to the past in a way that's not helpful to us. So if we go to the future, we imagine a scenario in which things don't work out, in which bad things happen, in which we fail, in which we are... Um, you know, in which we're, we're in which we experience some kind of really negative consequence, or we go to the past to some memory of a similar situation in which in which some some really unpleasant event happened, maybe even a trauma. And so, one of the things that happens is that we get somehow leave the present, and when we leave the present, we've lost the only moment that we really have, the only moment that we really possess. And so, the first thing is let's. Let's really stay in the present. Let's really stay in the present and ask the question, do I have what I need right now? Um, because when we get into the future, we can play out these scenarios, like I said, that where we can imagine us not having what we need, where we can imagine like struggling because we're missing something. You know, and when we go to the gospel, what does our Lord tell us about the present, right? He knows the number of hairs on our head. He's going to provide us everything that we need in the moment. Yeah, I think he really does an interesting job here when he switches from talking about, you know, the 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 hairs on the on your head and that you're worth more than sparrows because mm-hmm. he to me he's linking that not having fear to knowing your identity and suggesting that if you know who you are, 
you won't be afraid. I mean, or at least you, if you have fear, you'll be able to triumph past it and have courage through it, right? Right. If we're really able to embrace that identity of being a beloved children of God, that, right. that is going, that's where the security really comes from. And that goes to one of these other points, right? A lot of times we feel like we don't know enough to, to, to feel confident. We don't, we don't understand the situation well enough to move forward. And so we get this paralyzing fear that comes in and keeps us stuck wherever we're at. And frankly, going right to what you said, knowledge, understanding, you know, having control over circumstances or situations that doesn't actually increase our sense of security, our sense of safety. It, and sometimes people do this. You see people that are reading everything there is to read about the coronavirus crisis or they're reading right. everything that there is to read about the riots, you know, and, and there's an attempt there to, to get enough knowledge to feel safe, because if I read all this stuff, then I'll know what to do. It's a fantasy. It's like being it's like a hamster on one of those wheels. You know, the more you do that, the more you spin, but you don't actually feel safer. You don't feel more secure. You don't have a greater sense of of, of security. What we need to do instead of seeking knowledge, and it's not that we should be naive or uninformed, but instead of that being the primary focus, the primary focus is remembering our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. We can only do that in the present. We can only do that in the present. And so we got to slow it down. We got to take it to the present. We got to ask that question, do I have what I need right now? If we can do that, if we can do that, it can help reground us again in the present. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I, I want to say it was Philip Zimbardo, right? Who's a social psychologist who's, I think he was really famous for the Stanford prison experiments right. and all that. <laughs> the prison experiments. Way back when. But he more recently has a book, he talks about time, you know, and he's talking from, a, 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 I believe, a very secular perspective. But he does talk about people having a time orientation. Like some people are stuck always looking at the past. So if you're stuck, always, you're always regretting, you're always rethinking, you're always worrying about what should have been or how you might have done something differently. And then there's other people who are all completely future oriented. And right. that's, so they're never, they're always worried about what's going to happen in the future. Right. right? And actually, right. I think what he says, if I remember right, it's been a few years since I, I actually listened to him at a conference and he, he talked about, Present orientation was the best, but with some future. Right. Because the people right. with no future orientation, it's like the marshmallow experiment, right? Where the, kids, <laughs> where the kids are told, like, here's a marshmallow, wait five minutes. If you don't eat it, I'll give you a second one. Right. And all the kids that just two. gulp up the marshmallow. Yeah, you get two. And the kids that only take the one marshmallow and wait for the second marshmallow, those kids are actually more, have more future success you know, by secular standards, because they can delay gratification. They can delay gratification. Right? Right. Whereas, right. So, so to have, you need some future, right. enough to be able to plan ahead and, and right. to be able to, you know, work toward future goals, but your overall must be in the present, right? You must be able to ground it. Well, and planning for the future is something we do in the present, you know, instead of trying to live in the future. Right. right. To live in some place or that we live in the past. So this present orientation is really important, coupled with the, 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 the experiential knowing, right? Not just the head knowledge, but the experiential knowing that our, our safety and our security comes from God, right? To remember that, right? That's right. something that, that's something that I think is just 
really important because we're not relying on our own strength. One of the things that comes up and I think really gets in the way of taking uh, courageous acts is to is to say, I don't have the resources. I don't have the strength. I don't have the, the virtue to do this. And mm. of course we don't, right? On our own strength, we can't. Now, this is where we depart, where you and I depart, where souls and hearts departs from, um, from a lot of secular psychology, because a lot of secular psychology is going to talk about an increase in self-confidence, right? An increase in the confidence in our own capacities. Hmm. You know, and one of the things that we want to be able to do as Catholics is to say, okay, we want to recognize our talents. We want to recognize our strengths. We want to recognize our, our, our um, you know, the, the good things, the good qualities that we have. But we also want to recognize that we're animated by grace, right? That God is actually working in the moment. And that's why the hairs on the head are so, knowing that God knows how many hairs are on the head is so important because we can have this subjective experience of God just being a long way away. And it can feel that way. And we can come to believe that right. when it's not true, when it's not true, you know, because our subjectivity doesn't determine the reality. And it sometimes doesn't even reflect it. You know, it doesn't even reflect God being near us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, like with all the things going on, honestly, like to me, the pandemic is one thing. And, and, and maybe that has simmered down. The fears around that has simmered down. Things seem to have quieted a little bit things are opening up a bit. So there isn't this, this fear of the unknown, right? Um, but even the uh, fact that there were protests and then some violence happened in those protests and then there's ended up, for some people, there's just genuine, genuine fear, like, is my business going to get attacked, right. right? Something like that. And And I know that for me, some of those generalized things, even if they're not happening to me, they cause me some anxiety. Right. And right. just feeling anxiety around, hey, this world that I'm living doesn't feel as safe as it used to. It doesn't feel as stable. Even like the stock market, I'm not sure where that's going to go. I'm not sure, you know what I mean? Is something bad going to happen in my neighborhood? Um, there's just a lot of high tensions. And I think that what you're saying makes sense because clearly there, I think I go to negative future states. Like, yeah. well, what if this happens? What What if my kid is in trouble? What if I'm in danger? What if I lose all my, my savings or something like that, right? I get into right. that I, and I lose touch, right? I think this is what you're saying, right? I right. lose touch with who I am as a son of God. Right. And, I, and, and, if, and if I can let, I can re-get in touch with that and recognize, okay, he knows every hair of my head. Right. He loves me. He will take care of me one way or another. I can let go. Right. Even if like bad things happen. Isn't Even that what Job, Job has to learn that at the end of Job? I felt like, like he has to say, I surrender to you, Lord. I let go of trying to control and manage everything. And right. Like, and not, and, and, and accept in accepting that we don't understand some, you know, that it, mm -hmm. we, you know, we accept that we don't understand and then we accept that we don't control but that's exactly right, that, that idea that our Lord not only knows how many hairs are on our head, but he knows every thought, every emotion, every desire, every impulse, everything that's going on within us, all the things that are going on within us that we're not aware of, right, because they're in our unconscious, you know, because we're not, we're not in touch with them. All of that he knows. All yeah. of that he knows. But then, but to me, what I'm talking about is just stabilization on some level, like getting to a point where I'm not overwhelmed by what's going on. But it would be another thing for me to then, A, deal with that, and then be able to actually do something courageous. 
take right. some kind of risk because I feel called to do something good, even if a negative outcome is possible. Right. And this is where some people have a confusion between courage and fearlessness, right? They assume that they lack the virtue of courage because they feel so afraid or they feel so much anxiety. And actually, if you don't feel some fear or you don't feel some anxiety, the virtue of courage can't really exist, right? Because it, 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 courage is like being able to take that positive action anyway, in spite of the right. fear, right. in spite of you know, this, the anxiety, right? If you look you know, at our that, Lord, go ahead. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. You know, that always bothered me about the superhero daredevil. He was the <laughs> man, he was the man without fear and right. he was blind and he was actually, he was one of the rare Catholic superheroes, oh. uh, like explicitly Catholic. Like he would go to confession and stuff like this, but he was blind. Right. And he could, which was interesting, but he had other senses. Like he could tell other things, even though he was blind, but he was the man without fear. And he was like acrobatic and super fighter and all this. But I always thought, you know what? That's awesome that he's the man without fear. That sounds cool. But does that mean he's not brave? Like it doesn't matter to him. Like it would be a big deal for me to do his actions. I would have to overcome tons of fear. He just does it. Like, it's a little bit like Superman. Like, when you're that powerful, do you ever actually, <laughs> like, how courageous are you when you know you can't be defeated, right? Well, and if you look at the example of our Lord, right, a lot of fear in the Garden of Gethsemane to the point that, you know, blood vessels were bursting in his skin, you know, and that blood flowing out through his sweat glands. That's a, that's a lot of fear. Um, because in the natural realm, he understood what the, his passion was going to mean in terms of that physical and emotional and psychological suffering. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the fearlessness I've had, I've had a fair amount of fearlessness. I've talked about this on this show, a fair amount of fearlessness in my life before, but that's only because my fear was banished from my awareness. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it does deprive one of the possibility of growing in courage and there's, mm -hmm. so there's actually more merit in being courageous, feeling the fear than in the fearlessness. Because yeah. right? with fearlessness, you're out of touch with a part of yourself. And it makes it also really hard for you to connect with other people who are mm -hmm. experiencing fear, right? You can yeah, wind yeah. up looking at them with contempt or with, you know, with criticism, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because their own fear, if you allow yourself to like connect with that would ac activate your own. So for a lot of years, for a lot of years, for decades, really, I, I, I suppressed a lot of fear uh, okay. and um, could, could do things that looked brave. And I would be, you know, complimented for that, but they weren't really, they weren't really courageous because I wasn't experiencing the fear that went with it. It was sort of like being numbed to it. So now that's adaptive in certain situations, like crisis situations, you know, where it's not helpful to get overwhelmed with fear. But on a day to day level with the kinds of garden variety challenges that do bring up fear, anxiety or nervousness in us, it's not actually all that helpful because we, when we disconnect from our emotions, we, you know, we're missing something of ourselves. So yeah. that's why, you know, really kind of sensing it is important. You know, what I love about the word courage in French, courage. And the courage. word, you get it more in French, is cœur, is part of courage, which right. means heart. heart. And I'm sure it's a Latin or, or originating right. word. I don't know my Latin as well as my Core. French. Yeah. Core. There we go. So, and to me, literally, to encourage somebody is to give them heart. Right. Right. Which is right. so interesting. And, and in the psalm, which I don't often 
remember to mention, but I thought there was a po- powerful part in the in the responsorial psalm where it says, "See you lowly ones and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts may your revive. Hearts revive exactly, yeah. exactly. So, may your hearts revive. So how do we allow? Like, because to me, I, what I was talking about before was about may, not going into an anxious state. But what we really want to happen is more than that is to allow God to revive our hearts, to encourage, to fill us with courage. And we will be, you know what I mean? So that when we face whatever we're facing, we're actually really using that virtue. We're not suppressing it. Yeah, that's right. We're not suppressing. We're not suppressing just the fear. Um, And, you know, this is one of those things where it really comes from practicing it. There's certain assumptions that we have really deeply embedded uh, that create fear that, you know, for some people it's conflict, right? If I enter into somebody into conflict with somebody, some really terrible things are going to happen. And maybe that's because when they were young, that was true, right? Uh, There's a lot of residual left over from that. And so we need corrective experiences. We need these experiences where we, uh, where we take on what we're afraid of in a good way uh, and have a different outcome. You know, because otherwise, you know, one of the things that's really limiting about phobias, for example, is that, um, you know, like bridge phobias, I've had a number of bridge phobias, people with bridge phobias in in my practice over the years, fear of crossing a bridge, the bridge is going to collapse, or they're going to fall off, that kind of thing. And one of the things that happens is they avoid going over bridges. And the more they go avoid going over bridges, the more the fear is reinforced, because they say, look, this is unconscious, right? I didn't go over the bridge and I, and I lived, right? So it seems to prove the corollary. If I do go over the bridge, the harm mm-hmm. will come to me. And yeah. so what they wind up doing is then not even going near the bridges, right? They actually get further and further away from ever going over a bridge, right? They don't even want to go near a street. They don't want to drive by a street that's near a river where there's a bridge for fear of being forced to turn onto the bridge, you know, and then you know, and then being so able to. You just gave me flashbacks to two different experiences. One was, first of all, I have a bit of bridge fear, but only oh, those okay. big, only those big ones where you know when you're going over them and it's like metal underneath those, and it just, so it doesn't feel salt like the same kind of salt. <laughs> like you're right. up a, and, and the surface just feels different than a regular road, right? Right. And right. you just feel like I feel I'm steady. The other one was once years ago we took our kids to. Uh, this is not a bridge, but it's worse uh we took our kids to uh hawaii and we decided on this whatever island we were on i think it was maui and we we decided we we're going on the other side of the island to do horseback riding or something and we had to drive and we had to drive to this one through one little town that was on the side of like a cliff and it was a one-way road on the side of a cliff with no railing on the other side and just a bit more room than what could fit a car and if another car was coming the other way toward me, I don't know what I could have done because I can't even imagine <laughs> backing up or what. And I can remember I had my my wife and my kids in the back, and, and I'm driving along the side of this cliff thinking one wrong turn and we're on the other side. We're, we're dead. And that requ- – I'm trying to think, was I suppressing my fear or did I rally courage? Right. I got through it. Right. <laughs> Well, if you if you, I mean, it would depend on whether you felt it. You know, it would I definitely felt whether, the fear. Then, 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 then you have courage, right? Because okay. in that situation, if you had suppressed your fear, it wouldn't bother you. 
Oh, oh, that's what okay. you mean. The fear wouldn't bother you at all. Like, so, so it's, this still happens to me. If a dog comes after me, most of the time when people, dogs go after people, they get afraid. I have a different reaction. When a dog comes after me, I get angry and I don't feel fear. And I, my, my, my initial reaction, this happens without me even realizing it is I will charge the dog. Um, and so, you know, so there, I'm actually not feeling the fear when that happens. And, um, and, and so, so that's really different than what you're describing, which is, you know, working with the fear, managing the fear, overcoming the fear, continuing on with the drive, being careful. Right. You know, and, uh, and I think sometimes people have close to paralysis, (laughs) close to being like frozen, but I didn't, I just kept going. So yeah. that is courage. That okay. is courage. That is yeah. that is courage. Yeah. Whereas, I might have put some Hail Mary in there too, probably. Well, yeah. Much. I mean, then clearly there's <laughs> clearly practicing courage, right? And so and so courage is a natural virtue, um, and it is something that we that we increase by practicing it. It's a human virtue that we increase by practicing it. And so, you know, it's kind of like, uh, and and and. It, and what we need to do is put ourselves into a position in which we have to execute courage. So when you were on that road, you were in a position where you had to, you had to rise up to that challenge, right? Yes. You, you yes. Where it really pulled for you to do that, right? And we have a lot of choices about whether we want to put ourselves in situations or not put ourselves in situations that are going to, re, that are going to require us to be challenged and they're going to require courage, right? Do I go to this meeting, you know, when I know that there might be some people there that are going to disagree with me, you know, or do I, do I, mm-hmm. do I answer this email with what I really think, you know, or mm-hmm. do I just, do I not go to my relative's wedding because, you know, it's, it's, it's a wedding outside the church, you know, apostasy, you know, and so forth. Am I willing to stand up for the faith? Um, am I willing to, um, to really live out what the gospel is calling me to do, or do I shrink away from it because of fear? Now, here's the thing. I think that, that we get tempted, that Satan tempts us in the particular areas of natural weakness, right? So grace builds on nature, right? Perfects nature. Grace perfects nature. So if we have areas in the natural realm that we're particularly in need of strengthening, those are the weak points that we're going to get tested on. Those are the weak points that we're going to get tested on. So for some people, they struggle with pusillanimity. Pusillanimity is that. You've been dying to say that word. I've been dying to say pusillanimity. (laughs) I even checked the pronunciation of it before the show to make sure I said it right, practiced it a few times. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in that, like I, I could have avoided saying pusillanimity, you know, I mean, I, you know, I could have screwed that up. But, um, but, you know, we can put ourselves in these situations to, to actually trust that God is going to help us, to trust that things are going to work out, to embrace the, um, the, the, these challenges, or we can shrink, shrink away. And I know a number of people who have coped with fear by withdrawing into the safer and safer uh, realms, right? They, they've narrowed and constricted their action, their realm of action to become smaller so they didn't feel challenged. But what happens is, is that then things within that realm start to seem challenging, right? So you, things that didn't bother them before, you know, didn't cause fear before now cause them fear, right? So that shrinking away doesn't actually resolve the problem.
it's actually going to exacerbate the problem of pusillanimity or uh you know that's a rough synonym for cowardice in the in the in the future so so i'm i'm going to really be recommending that not only on the natural realm but also on the spiritual realm it's on both realms that we exercise that courage that we take on this is the action item right that we take on one thing that we've not been doing because of fear right there's usually if we look at ourselves honestly there's something we haven't done somebody we haven't talked to somebody we haven't reached out to an email we haven't answered a fraternal correction that we haven't made because of fear and so i'm going to invite you to discern to pray about it to ask for the graces and then you know a lot of times people want their fear to go down your, your fear might not go down. If it doesn't go down, you move forward anyway. I mean, it's not doing anything imprudent or rash, but it is it is saying, yes, I'm going to trust in God that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. He has the number of my hairs, the number of hairs on my head counted. He knows my every thought. He knows exactly what I need. I'm going to practice this. Mm-hmm. That's the action wonderful. item. That Sweet. is the action item. I love that. I love that. Oh, so how can we be a little bit more brave and basically choosing to what I'm hearing is you're choosing to do something that you know is right or you feel you know convicted. Is right. You feel is convicted. Right. Um, but there might be a part of you that is afraid and fearful and you're having to ground yourself in who in your identity and who you are as a child of God That's and exactly be able to right. take a risk. You know, obviously a risk you know, d- done with compassion and understanding toward others, but stillness, but, but with true love. Right. 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 And, and also, you know, understanding for yourself and not condemning yourself for being afraid. Sometimes people do that. Um, But our Lord was afraid and he admitted it, you know, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, our lady searching for uh, our Lord when he was 12 years old in the temple talked about how anxious he was. We've been searching you for you for three days you know, um, you know, troubled, troubled hearts on a human level. I mean, there's nothing sinful about that at all. So, um, so yeah, that's a natural part of our, a natural part of our experience. And, um, and we need to rise up and overcome. And that's why you mentioned it at the top of the, you mentioned it at the top of the, the show, that resilient Catholics Carpe Diem, that community around the podcast that you can find at soulsandhearts.com, the resilient Catholics community. We actually work on, um, we, we work on courage. We have a, like I said, that, um, that little workshop on, uh, on managing stress that gets into some of these things and how do you work with it? Yeah. More Cause I love the word resilience because the word resilience speaks to, um, kind of coming back even with courage, even from difficult and traumatic or painful experiences. So it's really about, that ability to really overcome and, and thrive despite um, negative pasts. And so I will also say, yes, please come to soulsandhearts.com if you haven't already and just sign up to be on our regular uh, regular subscriber so you'll get the weekly skim that tells you all the different things that we're coming out with. And uh, also you can check out our blogs, uh, check out, we have a weekly blog every week. We have a special uh, uh, Journeys of the Heart blog also where it's very moving and powerful and we have free courses and we have some paid courses as well on all sorts of topics so please join us join this pilgrimage 
interior pilgrimage to come to know God better by overcoming our human obstacles. Yep. All right. So it's good to spend this time with you, Dr. Peter. It is great to be with you, Dr. Jerry. Very treasure our time together. And thank you to all of you who listen to this podcast. If you have just been listening to the podcast, like, you know, check out soulsandhearts.com. There's plenty of other stuff here. And let your friends know. If you know of somebody that could benefit from knowing about this podcast, let them know. Reach out to them. Subscribe, subscribe, save, and share. Right? <laughs> Those are the things I'm supposed to say to everybody there. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we could take care. We'll see you next time on Be With the Word and at soulsandhearts.com. Until then, be still, believe, and be, be loved. loved. Take, take good care. God bless you all. <laughs>